Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. A lot has been happening literally right before we started recording. Kevin McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House uh, in a floor vote. Uh, of course, we don't know what's going to happen by the time uh, this episode does drop. So uh, to cover all contingencies, I want to thank you for tuning in and missing the 38th floor vote for Speaker of the House. <laughs> Congratulations, Speaker Matt Gates. Oh, Congratulations, Speaker Lauren Boebert. <laughs> Congratulations, Speaker the Corpse of Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> I think that covers everything. <laughs> this is known as a as a historic. Uh, motion and a historic vote because we've never ousted a speaker of the house before it's also historic in another way and that 
This is the first time that Matt Gates has been obsessed with someone over the age of 18. <laughs> a replacement was made for the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. And of course, who else decided to come out against it but George Santos, who cited an article in the Constitution that doesn't exist for why she shouldn't have been appointed? <laughs> I think he was getting that article of the Constitution mixed up with his resume. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump was in a New York City court on Monday for his fraud trial there. Some commentators said they felt bad for his lawyers who looked pained at being in that court with him. <laughs> Considering all of his legal woes, there is one person I'll feel bad for. The guy who has to do the cavity search on Trump when he goes to prison. Ooh. And they have to remove Ooh. all the compacted Big Macs that he didn't pass. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account was hacked. There was a post saying his father had died and that he was now running for president. That was soon followed up by a post saying that Joe Biden was, quote, a bitch ass N word, which indicates he had gotten his Twitter account back. <laughs> Florida has a new COVID outbreak. Brought on by that state's governor, Ron DeSantis, urging people not to get their updated booster shots. How embarrassing for that state to have a virus spread. And it's not caused by the people who make the bang bus videos. Oh. <laughs> Before the second Republican debate that aired on Fox last week, it became apparent that they were desperate for advertising revenue following their loss in the Dominion lawsuit. They ran an actual Biden-Harris campaign ad on Fox, an ad that wasn't produced by the Babylon Bee. Mm. That's how desperate they are. Mm. Uh, the Fox commentators said that uh, Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy were expected to be the targets of the debate. So it's a normal Republican event. Everyone ganging up on the non-white people. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Kudlow hosted the pre-debate coverage on Fox Business and kept insisting that criminals were hanging around places like CVS, Walgreens, and Starbucks. Mm. This is Larry Kudlow criticizing people who were supposedly criminals. He used to be with the most corrupt presidential administration in history. That's like Chris D'Elia lecturing us about sexual deviants who prey on teenagers. <laughs> Dane Cook married his 24-year-old girlfriend, whom he said he'd been dating for six years. Bob Barker would be proud of him. He didn't go over. <laughs> Yet another bit that Dane Cook stole, this time from Chris D'Elia. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's get on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Joshua Postel. Hey, Tom. Hey. What's up, Tom? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. What have we been up to this week? Well, I, I have a question for you and the panel. If Lorraine Boebert and her boyfriend were listening to this show, would they do just hand stuff or would they be even more turned on and do more things? I think she would have posted about 10 tweets criticizing you for calling her Lorraine. Right. When it's in fact Lauren. Okay. <laughs> I'm a congressperson. God, you mean you mean you mean 
Lauren Boebert Bukaki from the uh, movie from the from the uh, Beetlejuice <laughs> theater. Good God! Wow. And see, here's the thing: I expect it out of her because she's just like half an inch removed from your average star in a bang in a bang bus video. Oh, okay, we get that. We you get give her <laughs> what, what I don't get is supposedly the guy who's a quote unquote Democrat. I'm like, dude, you're supposed but to at, have standards. But at that point, are we political at all? I mean, when it comes down no, to I'm not. that activity, I'm not, no. that, is, that is a no. That is a both sides. That's both sides. If there's a chance that if there's a chance of getting a hand job, I'd go to a Trump rally. All right. I mean it's <laughs> Uh, and that's that's the hill i'm gonna die on all right that's at at that at that that point no at that point i'm castrating myself i have standards guys (laughs) i have standards (laughs) you know just just no like like i can deal with conservatives i can't deal with mental cases and that's what these people are okay (laughs) these are not these are not functional conservatives these are just this is this is what happens. Like, I, I'm going to use a Star Trek analogy. This is what happens when the replicator just shorts out and just spits out random stuff all over the place. And it's like you order spaghetti and meatballs; it gives you Klingon worms. You're like, oh. <laughs> but in Baltimore, we can put Old Bay on it, and that makes it fine. So there we go. <laughs> Don't knock Old Bay. That stuff can be. It is good it at is. a lot of stuff. It is. Oh yeah. That's one of the few things we export that people actually like, besides the wire. (laughs) When asked about the shouting match with Marjorie Taylor Greene that was publicized recently, Lauren Boebert responded, I'm not a middle schooler, which explains why her husband left her. (laughs) Michigan Republican Party officials had a fistfight at their latest convention. They missed a big opportunity by not making it a pay-per-view event. We now know that the Republicans think America was great when senators were getting into fights on the Senate floor in the early 1800s. (laughs) The Minnesota Republican Party is reported to have no more than $53 in the bank. To be fair, that's more money than some of my comedian friends. It's nice to know that with the Patreon and sponsorship earnings, this podcast is now more solvent than the Minnesota Republican Party. (laughs) Ben Shapiro tried and failed to light a Barbie doll on fire, only to have it be successful on the third try. This was a disservice, as he didn't set fire to himself in the process. (laughs) Matt Gates must get nervous seeing low poll numbers next to some of the Republican candidates' names. When he sees numbers in the low to mid teams next to names like Christy, Nikki, and Haley, he gets an erection. (laughs) That's why the question about the 10-year-old girl seeing the annual naked bike ride in Wisconsin asked of Attorney General Merrick Garland went to another Republican on the House Oversight Committee. Who wants to ask about the 10-year-old girl seeing the naked bike ride? No, (laughs) not you, Gates. You naked people around a 10-year-old girl, that would just be too awkward. (laughs) Republicans went apeshit when Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer relaxed the Senate's dress code to accommodate the hoodie and shorts combination 
of the newest Democrat to serve in the upper house, John Fetterman of Pennsylvania. Rand Paul showed up in a bathrobe after the Senate dress code was relaxed to accommodate John Fetterman. Probably not mm -hmm. a good idea to remind people what he was likely wearing when his neighbor beat the crap out of him. Oh. Mm. I suppose some people would be cool with Fetterman's outfits if his wardrobe consultant was the QAnon shaman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am so glad Republicans have a high standard. I'm so happy they abide by an antiquated dress code while voting against health care, child care, infrastructure, abortion access, gun control, as well as protection of asylum seekers, gays, lesbians, and transgender Americans, and of course, democracy. <laughs> yes, a jacket and tie really does take the edge off saying you don't give a fuck about people. <laughs> so obviously I, I had planned this episode uh, in advance, just talking about all the various Republican shenanigans and, and goings on within the party. And this, of course, was you know before the breaking news that happened literally right before the show started, Kevin McCarthy being uh, ousted as speaker. They have a whole bunch of contingencies uh, uh, being discussed now. Like, is there going to be someone else who could take his place? Is it going to be Steve Scalise? Is he going to move up from number two to number one? Could it possibly be you know, Hakeem Jeffries and some sort of bizarre like power sharing deal with, with the Democrats? Because at least we know then that stuff maybe might not go completely off the rails. Your thoughts on this? One thing we learned as if we didn't know, but one thing that was confirmed is that there is no such thing as a moderate Republican because none of the five or six, and that's all there are, uh, that did uh, could ha that could have stopped this, that could have worked out something with with Hakeem Jeffries stepped forward. They're so afraid of losing their seat that they didn't do what was best for their party and what was best for the country. They could have put their, they could have talked to Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, and said, one of the five or six of us will put our name in nomination. We're not, we're going to withdraw the this impeachment crap. We're going to try to work with you. Will your, uh, will the Democrats work with us and vote here for us. And that will prevent us from having McCarthy or Gates or Jim Jordan, et cetera, as speaker. None of them did that. Jeffries even asked for one of them to do that. So there's no such thing as a moderate Republican. No, there isn't. There's nothing. So there's no, and to that end, there's could be, I don't see any way that Hakeem Jeffries would take over. A, that would you know, it's supposed to be somebody from the majority party, but also, I mean, if if Kevin McCarthy wasn't uh, conservative enough for them, or I'm not really sure it's conservative. It, it's not even a conservative that the MAGAs are. I'm not sure what they are. I haven't quite found a proper word for them. Um, fascist, perhaps. If, if he's not fascist enough, there's no way that Hakeem Jeffries will get it. Right. And again, one of them could have become speaker yeah. and, and brokered a deal. Yeah. And that's that didn't happen. So it's it's a, a great day for the Democrats, though. But is it because I remember when they went 15 rounds to get Kevin McCarthy in, 
the other choices were not it, it it was just like selecting which poison you would like to ingest so i'm not is it a good day for us <laughs> i think it is i'm curious what you think josh because oh it's a because it's, it's excuse me like, if you're a comedian because you're just like watching it's saturn eating his young as a comedian, I'm laughing my ass off. This is great. The, the dysfunction is the dysfunction is, is unreal. And yeah, I think you're going to get... I think they're just... As time goes by, I think they're just going to unveil themselves to be the Nazis they are. I mean, we already see it, but it, it's just going to become so blatantly apparent that I... It's just shocking you know, the reason there's no such thing as a quote-unquote moderate Republican, they're they're afraid of their constituents. They're literally afraid of their constituents because they created this loony fringe party and it's now this monster they can't control. To say the Republicans were dismayed at their low number of wins and the absence of a red wave is an understatement, as we can see in this clip from MSNBC's midterm election coverage. Garrett Haake, um, NBC News reporter par excellence, decided this evening that he would spend this evening at the watch party at Kevin McCarthy headquarters. <laughs> Garrett, can't hear you over the din. <laughs> This is pretty clearly not the party that Kevin McCarthy and House Republicans thought they would be having tonight. The bar's been open for three hours. They're playing, I think it's Doobie Brothers right now over the speakers. But as you can see behind me, this is no victory party yet. You know, we've been watching the results come in from so many of these races that were perceived as bellwethers for how the night could go, whether they were reach races for Republicans, like Rhode Island 2, where Republicans have been making the case over this last week that they thought they had a decent chance to send the first Republican to Congress from Rhode Island from 30 years. That didn't happen. The Abigail Spanberger race did not go their way. As it says right behind that podium, take, take back the house. Is it painted or projected? Because if it was projected, they could just turn off the projector. But if it's painted, they're going to have to put up a tarp. It is a screen. It is, uh, it is projected, so we okay. could put anything on it. I wonder if one of the things that didn't happen at that watch party was everyone there just putting Kevin McCarthy on the stage and projecting that take back the house thing on his backside after giving him a wedgie. Like, I wonder if that was, I wonder if that was part of the program. What did the Doobie brothers do to deserve being played there? Oh, I'm sure they put a cease and desist immediately after. <laughs> I would hope so, but is anyone from the Doobie brothers even still alive? Yes. Michael yeah. McDonald. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe maybe they'll re-record for for if they want to be at the next McCarthy party, they can re-record one of their hits, and it'll be "Whoa, Whoa, Listen to the Losers." Really <laughs> <laughs> nice. I say we should do that at the end of the show as part of our usual musical segment that somehow always gets cut out. <laughs> Not necessarily everything in Washington is a form of dysfunction with regard to Congress. In this clip from the Senate floor, Texas Senator John Cornyn gives his assessment of the bipartisan efforts to attempt to end the U.S. government shutting down. Now, I see the 
Chair, Chairwoman of the Senate Appropriations Committee on the floor, I want to just once again commend her and the ranking member, Senator Collins, and all 14 of the Senate Appropriations Committee members for doing their job and doing it on a timely basis. I think all of us sort of hoped maybe this is the beginning of a crack in the broken system and that maybe we could get the Senate to work again as it's supposed to. He's basically saying that he's recognized that there's a crack in a system that already has a lot of cracks in it. <laughs> like it's we've we've gotten that we've gotten that desperate to where we're hoping where we're hoping something's broken that's already but, broken i mean but those are the people who don't do anything to fix anything and they they enjoy the dysfunction and he, that's just lip service from one of the worst members in the senate oh but the whole bunch is just you're just in a state of shock as to how bad these guys are i mean it, it's like it's like a crackhead on Natty Bo. Yeah, I'm going there, Tom. Deal with it. <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, you're not, that's not okay. inaccurate. You're a crackhead on Natty Bo, and you're a comedian trying to get into a venue. So <laughs> you have to climb over him. <laughs> because I've done that. I mean, <laughs> but that's what. But that's what dealing with this bunch is like. You're just like nobody's this crazy and then the universe is like oh really hold my beer (laughs) it's just it's just a disaster it's just a wow and i don't think the gop is going to get any better anytime soon i I really do believe watching all of this that that party is in its death throes i know we've said it a zillion times but i think at some point enough people are just going to go yeah no i'd rather vote for my cat (laughs) Republicans claim to be the party that identifies with workers and those who help make this country run, but in fact, the opposite is true. Case in point, in this ad trying to attract people to her state, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome inadvertently demonstrates the incompetency of the modern GOP. Let's look on the bright side. South Dakota stayed open for business during the pandemic. Now we've got more jobs than people. So I'm filling in. Until you get here. South Dakota is the freest state in America and the best state to live, work, and raise a family. We accept most out-of-state professional licenses. And we have over 20,000 open jobs, including for electricians. South Dakota. Freedom works here. Oh, no. I'm a lousy electrician. (laughs) Yeah, you have job openings because you killed everyone during the pandemic. And you have job openings because people really don't want to live there. Right. I mean, you're, you are still South Dakota. So <laughs> that hasn't changed. We accept any any license from any state. Almost. <laughs> Almost, yeah. And if you're trying to attract people to move there, like, do you really want to project the image of like the entire state capital just losing electricity? Yeah, that's not something you want to sell. You don't want to try selling that. <laughs> that's just that. That's just no. That that that's that's like trying to sell 
a cabin on the Titanic as the thing is sinking. Okay. <laughs> and it's there's like, also there's... have all these luxury accommodations. Granted, you'll be two miles underwater and dead, but hey, we got it. <laughs> and there's so much to unpack in that in that ad like elites like not knowing how to put in an honest day's work like that's what they're projecting on themselves also they basically showed a woman albeit she's at the pinnacle of government in that state it's an incredible self-own on their part they're admitting that Mm -hmm. this woman doesn't know how to do a complex job in a male-dominated field like that that was that was an image that they were putting in that in that video (laughs) yeah come men come take over i don't know what i'm doing i'm a damsel Like a comedian hosting a podcast on Compound Media, Republican politicians are ready to advance an agenda that destroys the planet, sets policies that will put us to centers in internment camps, and sell merch. As we can see in this cringeworthy campaign piece from Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Hey, it's Marsha. I'm fighting to cut the red tape in Washington, but it's not easy. If you pledge $20 today, I'll send you your very own Made in America pizza cutter. Together, we can cut the red tape in Washington once and for all. Oh, my God. Like, if I'm in someone's kitchen and they have a Marsha Blackburn pizza cutter, I'm not using it. Because I'm thinking at some point they may have tried using it on their wrists. It's just forget it's that. Forget she that. Wants something that's going to cut through they, red tape, and so she gets a pizza cutter, not a scissors. That doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. It's horrible. Yeah, that's that's very grassroots. <laughs> that's less grassroots and more just like a sign of oh my god, run the other way. Even in Florida, they know what the hell a pizza cutter is. <laughs> <laughs> like even in South Florida, they know what the hell a pizza cutter is. That this that that's like for parts of the country where they think Papa John's is good pizza. Or right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here, here, Tom. I'm going to increase your audience right now. You can, as Taylor Swift said. Marsha Blackburn is Donald Trump with a wig. Wow. Jeff quoting Swifty. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Tay Tay is on the podcast. (laughs) Yep. And finally, the cheapening of the modern Republican Party didn't start with Donald Trump, but well before. As we can see in this cringe performance, from the masked singer. The first singer of Group C to be unmasked is Bear. Oh! The masked singer reveals its latest mystery performer. Last night was the first round of performances from Group C. Fans were introduced to six new singers, the astronaut, the rhino, the swan, the T-Rex, the night angel, and the bear. The colorful bear bounced along to Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. But the act didn't win over voters, so the bear had to say bye-bye. In the end, the mystery singer was former Alaska governor and vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin. This is the weirdest- 
honestly, uh, none, that's for sure. But it's all about fun. It's unity. This is all good. This is something that our country needs right now, too. Wow. Then Sarah closed out the show with another unbearable performance of Baby Got Back, right before President Trump took over the airwaves to address the nation on the global coronavirus pandemic. Now, that was recorded and produced right before the pandemic. So I'd like to think that, not saying this is true, but if the coronavirus was created in a lab in China, they picked that moment as the moment to say, all right, fuck this. Let's take this thing for a test spin and see where it goes. Call in the bat. <laughs> I have never seen that show and you subjected me to that and it was her <laughs> uh, dancing with Nick Cannon there was so much going on in that clip <laughs> I, don't I don't know who's more more disturbing her or Nick Cannon at this I'm point <laughs> both for different reasons yes I agree with you there or the same reasons I'm not sure <laughs> what was interesting, though, is Sarah Palin, uh, who's done a, a lot of horrible things, decided to run for Congress last year, and she was such a bad candidate, the Dems won the seat. So we should thank her for that. We should. And when a Dem wins Alaska, <laughs> really, it is scary out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're we're definitely going to go ahead and continue discussing Republican dysfunction and everything going on in future episodes. So for now, we'll go ahead and say that's our show. I want to thank my panelists, Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Joshua Postel. Woo! Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Thanks, Tom. Tom. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Joshua Postel. Theme music composed and arranged by Jeroen Vandenhurek. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast's Patreon for early access to episodes, extended episodes, bonus clips, and more. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions.
Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.